My name is Trip Gorman, and in this episode of Samia VC, I sat down with Daniel Ospina, co-founder of Pigma, where he's developing their venture capital arm of their accelerator. He's a founding member of Farfalla, a Latin American investor ecosystem with the goal of sharing deal flow and building community around Latin American startups. He's also an angel investor and previously held roles at Scala and Endeavor Columbia. In this episode, we discussed Pigma's accelerator process and their structure, how Miami is neutral ground for all communities within the broader umbrella of Latin American VC and tech, and Bogota as a tech city and how it's grown in the last five years. We also discussed why Daniel is not a fan of building in stealth mode. We discussed all this and more in this episode of Samia VC. Daniel, could you start by telling the audience a bit more about your work history up to and including founding Pigma? Yeah, of course. So thank you very much for the invitation. Um, really happy to be here. Just uh, to go through and give a little context, I'm from Colombia, I'm from Bogota. I studied here business management in, uh, in a school that's only for business managers. It's called CESA. There I tried a lot of uh, things. I had a dropshipping e-commerce and I had an HR tech I founded with some of my fellow uh, colleagues or, or students at that time. And uh, we did really good with both projects. I got to learn a lot about uh, startups and, and starting a business actually and generating some revenue. It didn't scale quite as we wanted to. That's why I ended up saying, uh, I'm going to focus all my energies in Endeavor, which was my next step uh, in college, was working at Endeavor, which is this uh, large entrepreneurial network that connects founders with opportunities like mentors or investors or different programs. I was there in the selection team. So my job was basically to talk to entrepreneurs and, and decide what programs were uh, a correct fit for them which uh, like unconsciously was giving me expertise in the VC side of selecting startups and actually knowing what to look for and helped me develop this, this eye that got a, a little more developed once I joined their endeavors course for angel investors. And I decided to start like using this uh, acquired knowledge and starting uh, my angel investor career. I did two investments that way which I ended up rolling into the, the fund I created. I created a micro VC called Scala. Uh, Scala ended up doing 12 investments with an average ticket of $25,000, which was great for me to, to be able to raise that capital and actually learn how to uh, structure a fund in Colombia. E even though it was small, it taught me a lot of, it taught me a lot of lessons, sorry. And uh, that's when I met Pigma. Uh, there are actually an accelerator they are accelerating companies they have accelerated over 70 companies up to date and they wanted to do a fund that's when they met me and they said well why don't we work on this together and the, the way uh, we found to do this was actually them acquiring all the portfolio and acquiring me uh, and that's when i joined the the founding team as you said could you tell us more about the model of Pigma, especially the, the first cohort, how that went? Just tell us about how it works and, and for the people who aren't maybe familiar with the whole operation. Yeah, true. Thanks for that question. So to clarify, Pigma has two uh, products right now. One is called uh, the Acceleration as a Service, which is going to change names eventually to Founders Camp. And it's basically a membership product where startups don't have to give up equity and they subscribe to a monthly uh, recurring payment for three, three months. 
And after that, the, the payment decreases to giving them access to the like lifetime of content we are generating. But those three initial months are super dedicated to accelerating them. And they have three main routes they can choose from, or they can choose them all if, if they want to play around with the membership. But it's basically a validation track, a growth track, or a fundraising track. So that's the three tracks we are doing right now. Um, that's the part of the acceleration as a service, soon to be Founders Camp. The other camp, uh, the other part, sorry, is the batch. As you said, we, we did a batch uh, of 17 startups. It was her first batch. It was uh, a 12-week program, and it was an awesome experience. The founders were really happy. And uh, overall, it went really good because we had our demo day on Stonks, which is this fundraising platform. And we had $8.1 million in interest from potential investors for uh, the 12 companies we took to the demo day. So really happy with that. And the founders are really happy as well with the, with the overall progress. What type of startups or founders would be best suited to apply for Pigma's accelerator cohort or the, the founder camp? Uh, what sort of phenotype is best? Yeah, so we are looking for tech entrepreneurs in Latin America uh, that are building scalable solutions. Here in LATAM, we have a huge uh, advantage, which is that excluding Brazil, we, we speak Spanish. So we have a very big market, 600 million people that, that goes there. So it's really huge. And we're looking for those solutions that can scale not only within the borders of a country, but can reach uh, some regional uh, scalability. So basically that tech founders in LATAM with great uh, courage to build the startup, great resilience, preferably some, some traction. But if they don't have traction, we look for that uh, a special X factor that some founders have, like they've founded previous startups or they worked, I don't know, at a bank for eight years and now they're going to launch a fintech solution. So we do have exceptions where we received some early stage earlier stage ideas but the founder needs to be uh, a little bit more advanced in his or her career and and what's the most common mistake you see founders or startups making in latin america today and how should they solve that issue I, i'd say two two main issues one is they spend too much money to to launch a product because they think oh it needs to be perfect i need to have the developers i need to go into the market because my reputation is on the line and you see this bad practices where they get charged millions, well, millions of pesos, which is in the currency in Colombia, which that would be like thousands of dollars for these uh, products that end up being built and no one wanting to use them. So I really love the approach that Eric Rice proposes in, in the Lean Startup. And he's like, go out, try the product, talk to clients and start innovating with them and validating through data and learning quickly. So I think today there's no excuse to, to waste hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in building a product. You can build great products with no code. And I wish uh, more Latin founders did this. And if I can, I will say a second mistake that's really huge here in Latin America and is sometimes the scarcity of capital takes founders to look into, into some uh, financing routes that are not as good for them. So the uncle that has money and says, hey, I'll, I'll give you $10,000, give me 20% of the company and wrecks the cap table completely. And sadly, we see a lot of those cases where they haven't even raised the pre-seed round and they are already diluted 30%. So 
uh, I think it's just overall startup education and knowing how this uh, route going to take you in the in time. You tweeted, I'm not a fan of being in stealth mode too long. Building in public wins every time. Could you elaborate on this tweet? Yeah, I can. I, I actually, we actually started doing this at Pigma and we've had awesome results to back it up. So we, we are streaming on Twitch uh, and we are showing parts of the, of the team, like how we communicate with each other, uh, some goals that we have, some problems that we have. And we receive very good feedback from founders or from, uh, from people who want to know more about Pigma and potential clients. And I just think that the problem with doing a stealth startup is that you are like sort of locking the door with many people outside uh, knocking. And if you spend too much time locked in, people are, are going to just say like, okay, I'll come later. And they never come back. And it's like, you could have used that initial feedback and, and those initial clients to test the product, to learn from them quickly. So if we have two startups doing the same thing and one releases day zero and just shows everyone what they are doing and they start iterating and getting to know the clients versus another one that, okay, they might be attracting great investors. They might be attracting some FOMO from people that want to know what they are doing. But the other one is way ahead in, in you know, just testing the product and talking to clients. And again, that's my point of view, um, but um, that's what I prefer. You're based in Bogota. How would you characterize the current tech scene in the city and how has it grown in the past five years? And then if I may add a third little question on top of that, how would you compare it to other Latin American tech cities? Okay, so one, I would say it's thriving. I consider Bogota is uh, more connected, a lot more connected than before. One fun fact is in Colombia, the, the, VC, um, the VCs were started really late. So in 2008, we had the first official, uh, official venture capital firm, 2008. That's really, really late. So the, the tech scene is, isn't as developed as it could be. However, it is growing right now at an immense pace and founders are starting to build a community, go to events. We just did an event like uh, one month ago that had 300 uh, people come into the event in real life. So it's, it's great. I would compare it to other Latin hubs. I think Mexico is a very, very strong one. Uh, city of Mexico, it's very, very strong uh, hub. And I think it, it, at some point we need to find ways to, to just uh, start connecting all these points in LATAM. Um, one thesis I heard was that Miami was going to become this uh, like um, no man's land where all LATAM founders could connect. So there are many theories. I, I think it's great to, to see more ecosystems building, not only in Bogota, but in other cities like Medellin, we are seeing some tech uh, hubs being created. So there's a lot to do, but again, I think it's, it's, it's coming, you know, the, the region, I think it's uh, underinvested and, and sooner or later, more VCs will realize this and keep bringing that capital here. I have to follow up on Miami. What are your thoughts on Miami? Yeah, I, I actually went to the VC LATAM Summit, which was uh, held in Miami and it was awesome. It was awesome because it's, as I said, it's like this uh, point where people say, okay, let's, no go, let's not go just to Mexico or to Colombia and bring all investors from LATAM there because then their fight is like, who is hosting the event? Because they have like the, this home advantage. Miami is like, we're all visitors. We are all 
getting to know each other and the the like the relationships I got to build there were awesome. I think Miami has a lot, lot of potential for Latin founders, Latin investors, for everyone. Could you tell the audience a little bit more about your time at Farfalla? Yeah, that's basically uh, to give uh, some context. I realized there were many funds being created in, in Latin America. And I said, why not just, uh, and also for me, it was like a, a, a selfish attempt for me to learn. And I said, why not bring all these uh, emerging fund managers and, and many fund managers that have more experience to a group in WhatsApp? And I started with uh, Alex from Lotus, which is a Mexican fund, and Felipe Cano from uh, Linky Ventures, which is a Colombian fund. And we started just uh, putting people in the group, sending the group chat invitation to, to fund managers, general partners, managing partners. And we now have 56 members. We meet once a month through a, a meet or a Zoom call, whatever is available. We bring some startups uh, just to share deal flow. And we bring a speaker that can teach us something. So last time we, we talked for, with Ali Jamal from First Check Ventures. And it was an awesome experience. And we're here in the group chat and, and we are bringing the members to, to speak and, and to learn. What would you tell American VCs about investing in Latin America? Well, I, I would say do it. I would say do it. I, I think it's a great moment for, for the region. We are starting to see founders that are more concerned with profitability. They have some valuations that are not as high as in the United States, perhaps in some cases. And, um, you know, the ecosystem is being built and being part of something that is under construction on a moment where it's uh, rising, it's awesome. And, and I do think there is a very long way to go in Latin America. Um, we have some countries that have a, a little head start, but that's why the, the opportunity is even larger because there are countries that are doing things really good, like Brazil, Mexico, Chile, Argentina. And they are teaching us, and Colombia as well, and, and they are teaching other countries like uh, from Central America, for example, how to do things and, and learn from the other founder mistakes. And we Latinos are really, really good at, at just being uh, good at telling others what we are doing. So I think it's a great learning ecosystem and it's definitely going to keep growing. Could you tell the audience more about a personal angel investment you've made and why you made it and how that turned out? Yeah, so I'll talk about my first one, uh, which was actually thanks to Endeavor. I met them on uh, what's called a uh, uh, FOR, which is the first opinion review. And they are called Prolio. They are basically a software as a service company that automates uh, some sending proposals, commercial proposals. They work with a lot of, of uh, car manufacturers because they uh, have a way to send like this uh, commercial proposals in a massive way and track uh, the consumer interest real on, on real time and they can see like spikes in interest or declines in interest so you get this really uh, personalized proposals sent massively they've done great they are expanding to mexico some u.s customers as well colombia and it was my first investment my biggest investment as well and i met them through endeavor so i would say you can as an, as an angel investor, you need to, to take advantage of the things you have available. At that moment, I had 
not invested in any other startup. My only leverage was I worked at Endeavor. So definitely leverage your network. And I would say the best deals are coming from people you know and, and people you are eventually going to make friends with. And they say, hey, I was looking at this company. Do you want to come in? So definitely be open to that experience. But for me, it was awesome and, and really good on really uh, bullish on Prodium. Could you tell the audience a bit more about your time at Endeavor Columbia? Yeah. So for me, it was an awesome experience. Uh, it opened the door to tons of knowledge. Uh, at the beginning, I, I wasn't as involved in the startup world and I had to learn a lot. The first thing I did was read uh, Venture Deals. That book, I think it's like a, a Bible for venture capital and, and it's essential and, and you do have to read it. And it taught me a lot. And then I got to practice what I've learned from many of these books in real life, talking to, to founders and just learning a lot about what does an organization such as big as Endeavor value, which taught me a lot as well as an angel investor to, to start looking for those things. You know, the, the team, the founding team in the early stages, the scalability, the metrics, the unit economics, all that I, I had to learn through Endeavor. So it was a school for me, a one year and a half school where I learned a lot, a lot about uh, startups, mentors, connecting mentors to startups, seeing what type of mentor might bring uh, more aid to a startup and in what stages. So awesome experience. And, and one last thing, I think it's the connections Endeavor has is a global network. They are already like in 40 countries, if I'm not uh, wrong. So you get access to talk to people from all over the world, which is awesome as well. I love it. Finally, I have to ask Peter Thiel's famous contrarian question with uniquely Samia VC twist. What important truth about Latin America do very few people agree with you on? You know what? I would say maybe we will eventually get there. I th think there are many doubters yet because the political ecosystem sometimes is so horrible here and you get all this... Uh, malpractices and, and sometimes you feel like you're stuck in time in a time bubble where you can't escape and, and some investors are like tired of that and say nah, again this uh, politician or this thing happened in this country and it's going to go backwards um, I think we are at a moment where we are going to eventually crack the code and we're really close to doing that so I think this time around will be the time where Latin America actually gets some of the biggest companies created and I think the biggest companies from Latin America haven't even been created yet. So I would say that's something many people say like, no, you already have the big companies created. You already have the big things that were going to happen. Uh, but no, I, I think that's an important truth. I agree with you. I think the future is bright. Thank you so much for coming on the Simia VC podcast today. I very much appreciate it. Thank you, Trip. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for taking the time to watch this episode of Samia VC. My name is Trip Gorman. Make sure to like and subscribe wherever you view this podcast. And also check out our newsletter, DealFlow LA, which can be found by going to dealflow.la.